Amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome everybody. We're on a series of lessons called The Kingdom of God. Come on, can you say that with me? The Kingdom of God. If you don't know and you're kind of new to the church, you're new to God, you're new to the things of God, you're new to the Bible, uh, let me just kind of jump in the middle of your business right, right now, is that uh, what you see with your eyes all over this earth uh, is a certain kingdom. Uh, there's another kingdom uh, that you can't see. Uh, that you can't uh, know until you kind of tap into uh, the person who rules the kingdom. Uh, there is another kingdom. Actually, we could say there are three kingdoms that are operating on this, uh, in what we deal with on life. One is the one that you're here right now. You live, you feel, you, you sense, you breathe, you work, you relate with people you can see and know. We could call that the kingdoms of the earth, the kingdom that we're dealing with all the time. Uh, there's rules and regulations to that. You jump off a building, you're going to fall down, regardless of if you believe God an angel or not. Probably if you do something stupid like that, you're going down. But there's a kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. It's another kingdom. It's got a ruler called Satan. He used to be an angel, and he was kicked out of the kingdom of heaven. And he now is a pseudo-ruler, uh, a quasi-ruler ruler and leader uh, on the earth. And he is actually ruling and reigning over everybody who has not connected with the true king and the king, uh, and the king of the kingdom and his rules and his laws and, and what he thinks and how he thinks and how he operates. Now, what we know from the Bible, from the word of God, is that we've got about 40 authors that wrote these 66 books in a conglomerate called, we call the Bible. And they all uh, talk about this kingdom. They talk about this one who is coming and this one who is and will always be. And Jesus came then to show us who the king was and how the king thinks and how the king acts and how the king responds and what the king will do in your and my life. And so for just the next couple of weeks, we talked last week, if you were here with us, we, we started talking about this, this series called The Kingdom of God. And we found out that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, otherwise known as the Gospels, Three of those four guys walked with Jesus Christ for about three and a half years. Luke didn't. Luke was a physician, and Luke actually started getting together uh, other uh, details of what Jesus was and put it in, in the book called Luke. Uh, but they all talk about uh, these parables. Matthew, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about the parables that Jesus said in, in, in red letters, his own words. And he, they, they record about 31 parables that are distinct and unique. Some of them are in different books, you understand, but 31 unique or distinct parables. And Jesus would talk about in these parables, the kingdom of God is like, is like, or the kingdom of God is like. And so last week we actually talked about one of those parables that Jesus said, if you don't get this parable, you won't understand any other parable. And it's the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower, that the sower sows the seed. The sower, and Jesus said, the seed is, come on, somebody help me if you're here last week. The seed's what? The word of God. The seed's the word of God. Uh, and, and again, what we know about this kingdom is that just because you can't see it or feel it or taste it or touch it, it doesn't mean it's not real. Because Jesus said, the seed of the word of God, once it enters the soil of your heart, it will produce good fruit, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. But there's also an enemy we found out that's trying to snatch the seed from your heart. We found out that the birds of the prey, or excuse me, the birds of the air, Jesus said, will come down immediately and try to steal the seed. And Jesus said, that is Satan trying to take the seed from your heart. He talked about troubles and persecutions coming in, my, in my life, trying to take the seed from a person's heart. And he talked about cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, will try to enter in and be like a thorn growing up with the seed, but will eventually choke out the seed from actually producing maximum harvest. So come on, everybody, our job is to have the seed planted in our heart and to let it just keep doing its thing. Come on, everybody, amen? 
just, just, just push off the attacks and the strategies of the enemy and, and just say no to that and just keep pressing in because the seed, if you will water the seed and you will keep allowing the seed, the son of God's light and his love and his grace and his favor to come into your life, listen to me, the seed will always produce. Say amen to that, everybody. Yeah. So what we want to do today is we want to look at another passage of Scripture that a New Testament author or writer called the Apostle Paul, where he talks about the kingdom of God. We don't want to go through all the 31 parables right now. That'll be another uh, series, a 31-week series. Come on, somebody, with Jesus. But today, uh, we want to look at another guy called the Apostle Paul. He wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. We want to look at what he said about the kingdom of God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this one scripture that's got three components, because the next three weeks, we're going to take each one of these components about what the kingdom of God is like, and we're going to add it to our life, and what's going to happen is we're going to get to understand how God thinks and how God acts, because that's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is how God thinks and how God acts. So, so my, my, if I can get my thinking to be thinking like God, and I can understand this is how God acts, I'm going to be able to cooperate with God, cooperate with the Word of God, and be able to have God working in my life in a new and a powerful way. Anybody down for that? Come on, anybody down for that? How about y'all in the back? Y'all down for that? Yeah. Anybody excited about that? No. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. You go, you go, you go ahead and golf clap me all day. That's okay. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep preaching. <laughs> Romans chapter 14. Look at it. We'll have the scriptures on the screen. If you've got a Bible, you want to maybe mark it down. If you've got your phone there, maybe open it up and highlight it. You can do that in U version. Notice what the apostle Paul said in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God's not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So for the next three weeks, here's where we're going to go. We're going to talk about righteousness. Next week, we're going to talk about peace. Next week, we're going to talk about joy. And if there's anything that the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, could have said concerning the kingdom of God, I don't know. I, I think maybe the kingdom of God is full of lightning and fire and full of judgment and, and full of going to kill all the bad guys. That's not what he says. So evidently, Paul writing by the Holy Spirit, which the Bible says these guys wrote by, anointed by God, ordained by God, when he says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, evidently something got to trigger in us that this is exactly how God thinks and exactly what God wants us to understand in, in, our, own, in our own life. Paul was really talking about what mattered. What didn't matter, again, from the Old Testament, when you read about all the ceremonial cleansings and the dietary laws and eating and drinking and hand washing. In fact, the religious people tried to pin Jesus a couple times when, when his disciples weren't washing their hands and doing all that stuff. And Jesus was saying, that doesn't matter anymore. And that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Here's how the kingdom of God is operating. Not like You don't have to keep all those dietary laws and it's not eating and drinking and, and unclean foods and clean foods as you read that in the book of Leviticus and some other Old Testament scriptures, he says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, come on somebody, and joy, joy in the Holy Spirit. So evidently for you and I to maintain a New Testament spirit-filled life, I got to know something about this first component called righteousness. The kingdom of God, he says, is righteousness. Now, when I was a kid in school, uh, really in college, 
I've been in church all my life, and I don't remember anybody talking about righteousness when I was a kid growing up at the denominational churches that I went to. But when I went to a church similar to ours back when I was a kid, when I was really 20 years old, uh, well, earlier than that, but I got saved when I was 20, really kind of got my life on track, got filled with the Holy Spirit. I started hearing the pastors talk about righteousness, and I'm going, what is this word? I've never heard this word before. Righteousness. I never heard it in school. I've been to two years of university and never heard anybody talk about righteousness. And so I would just kind of lean in. I remember as a 20-year-old, lean in to, and just listen to what the pastor was saying and take, take copious notes because I, evidently this word is all over the New Testament. And if the kingdom of God is like this, then I've got to understand and be able to think so I can act like the way the kingdom functions so I can have this working in my life. Come on, everybody. Amen? So come on, look on the screen. Let's get you some definitions going here this morning. Righteousness, if you don't know, just simply means right standing with God. Come on, say that with me, right standing with God. It means the ability to stand in the presence of God without the sense of sin, shame, guilt, or inferiority. Stop right there. Can you do that? Listen to me. Do you do that? Or do you shy away from God because you have sin in your life, shame in your life, guilt in your life, and inferiority in your life? I don't feel good about where I'm at. And so I'm hiding. Basically, most Christians go through their life similar to Adam and Eve who made themselves fig leaves and are trying to hide from God. And how many know God knows where you're hiding? The sense of sin, shame, guilt, inferiority. I don't feel good about myself. I, 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 maybe, maybe because of what happened in my life. And I'm not talking about living a lifestyle where you know you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing. Can I tell you, in that lifestyle, there will be condemnation. There will be conviction because you say, I know I'm not doing right. But if you get to the place that you say, I want you, I trust you, I need you, and I know that I will occasionally sin, but I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a saint who sins. I'm not a sinner who saints. One more time. I'm a saint who sometimes sins. I'm not a sinner who sometimes saints. That's the most of the church world. Come on, somebody. They're, 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 they've been sinning. Yeah, we won't go there. That's a whole other series. Here we go. So look on the screen real quick. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, God makes your spirit alive. You're reborn, and he fills you with himself. Come on, somebody. He fills you with himself by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. You become one spirit with God on the inside. Come on, you become, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Come on, is that anybody in the church today? Come on, one spirit with him. So you don't have a different spirit living on the inside of you. You've got the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not that Jesus had 100% Holy Spirit in his life and you got 16.1%. You've got the very same spirit. The same spirit of wisdom, the same spirit of knowledge, the same, come on, the same counselor, the same teacher, the same baptizer. Come on, everybody. The same healer, the same deliverer. He's living on the inside of you. You're reborn. You're made new on the inside. So something on the inside in your heart starts changing everything on the outside. So I start thinking that way. I start then acting that way. I start believing that way. Uh, that, that no sin and no shame and no condemnation can drive me away from God. Actually, my sin and my shame and my condemnation drives me to God because I need your goodness. I need your grace. I need your mercy. Come on, somebody say amen up in here. 
All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's the only way, listen, if this didn't happen, you and I could never have a relationship with God. Because the only way to have fellowship with a pure and holy God is he had to make you right. He had to make you right. If you're going to have perfect fellowship, unbroken fellowship with him, he had to do something to your spirit and make you a new person and reborn you and remake you and cause you to be born again, a Christian, saved, all those different words, so that you could actually have unbroken, perfect fellowship with him. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. And we're going to find out today is exactly what he did. So look on the screen. When you became born again, you were automatically placed in right standing with your heavenly father, solely based upon what Jesus did for you on the cross. Solely based. Come on, say solely based. Here's the next caveat. Not anything you have ever done or ha could ever do by your own. You can't do it by yourself. Nothing you could ever do. Well, I'll just do that. I'll, I'll just show up. I'll just, I'll be a good person and I'll be right with God. Nope. I'll come to church and I'll serve and I'll, I'll do, nope. I'll, I'll, I'll give my money, I'll tithe and I'll, and I'll be right with God. Nope, nope. The only way you could ever be right with God and the kingdom of God have bear in your life is that God had to send perfect Jesus to the earth to take your and my sin and then he gave you his right standing. <laughs> wow. So the blood of Jesus is the only thing. Come on, read that statement with me, will you? The blood of Jesus is the only thing that cleanses you from your sin nature. Come on, one more time. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that cleanses you from your sin nature. Anybody thankful, God, for the blood of Jesus this morning? Yeah. Redeemed, the Bible says, not with the blood of bulls or goats or the Old Testament, Hebrews 10 says, but we've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before you were even born, God made the remedy available to you. Come on, somebody say, thank God for the blood. Come on, thank God for the blood. So if you're here today and you've never been born again, you've never been a Christian, maybe you've been around church, maybe it's been a mental thing, maybe you've kind of th thought about it or heard about it, but, but you've never actually surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, right there sitting right today in the next th 30 seconds in this green chair, you can just make your heart cry to God based on this scripture, and you can get born again. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service, but y'all can do it right now. Look what it says in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Come on, you will be saved. You will be saved. No ifs, ands, or buts. No what you did, what you didn't do. No, no what you did last night, and now come on, today you're saying, I need you. He, he, he says, you will be saved. For with the heart, come on, somebody say the heart. With the heart, one believes. With the heart, you believe. Not with your head, not with your emotions. With your heart, the real you, you believe what? Unto righteousness, unto being right with God, unto no more shame, no more guilt, no more inferiority, no, no, no sense of that in my life. With my heart, I believe to be right with God. And with my mouth, I'm giving confession of my salvation. Man, oh man, oh man. 
guys, this isn't a one-time thing. This is an all-the-time thing. So you, can, you should just all day long, when you're thinking about it, when the devil's trying to penetrate your mind with the thoughts and the, the lies and the tactics and the strategies, trying to get you back and get you contained and get you shackled and get you bound and keep you in prison all day long, you just say, Jesus is my Lord. He made me right. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I have no sin, no shame, no guilt, no inferiority. I'm not a subpar Christian. Jesus Christ lives in me. The hope of glory. I'm one spirit with God. Come on, everybody. And you talk your way. This is the way the kingdom of God, Paul says. The kingdom of God is righteousness, understanding who you now are, what you have because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is imperative that you know who you are. We are living in an identity crisis in our country, in America, in the world. People don't know who they are. So everybody's trying to be kids or trying to be like whoever. And, you know, we're trying to be like this person or dress like them or act like them. God wants you to act like him and be like him so you can have what he has. Come on, righteousness. Come on, look at somebody and say, I'm righteous. Come on, just tell them, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. Oh, some of you kind of go, ah. Your lips began quivering. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, Come on, I'm righteous. Based on what? Based on the blood of Jesus. Come on, everybody. Based on the blood of Jesus. Gives me access. Come on, man. Look at this. Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. Romans 1, 16 17. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Rome, right? Look what he says. For I am not, come on, let's read it out loud. I like reading the Bible in church. You guys sound so good. So come on, let's read it. Come on, one, two, three, read. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Man, you guys sounded good. Come on, I'm not ashamed, verse 16. Look at that. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If you're ashamed of the gospel, it's not going to work for you. I'm not ashamed. I'm ashamed of it. I, 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 you know, you're kind of like qu quiet. You're behind the, you know, you're kind of like hiding behind the desk, you know, won't be bold with your confession. No, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God to salvation. Look at this. For everyone. Come on, somebody say everyone. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Everyone who does what? Believes. 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 If you just, be I believe. I believe it. I believe it. And when I believe it, I activate the power of this gospel. It's for everyone. It says for the Jew and the Greek. Just simply in the Bible times, if you're either Jew or you're Greek, come on, you're, you're, either, you're either in or you're out. It's for everybody, Paul says. It's, it, it, this isn't for a certain ethnicity, a certain uh, religious church. or This is for everybody, whoever believes, for in it. Look at that, in it. What's in it? In the gospel, it says righteousness is revealed. In it, God's righteousness is revealed. From faith to faith. In other words, in the gospel, he is going to reveal how you can have right standing with him. And ever how you come in, it will be from a level of faith to a level of faith to a level of faith to a level of faith, growing more and more in your understanding. I'm right with God. I'm right with God, not based on who I am, based on who I believe. 
Come on, everybody. Now I'm right with God. So I can believe God for healing. Not because I do everything right, but because he did everything right. Now I can believe God that my kids, come on, my kids can get out of jail. Come on, somebody. Not because of who I am, not because of who they are, but because of who he is. Now I can believe God that God's going to provide for my family. Not because I've done everything right and given and sacrificed and tithed all the times I should, but because he did, and I'm going to trust him. Come on, everybody. Jesus is Lord. Man, and he says the just here, the just, those that are righteous, he says those that are, the word just just simply means that we're righteous. It means you've been justified, declared not guilty. You've been acquitted. The just shall live by faith. Notice that. So live by faith. Live by faith, meaning I'm going to live and walk by faith, not by my circumstance, not by what I feel, not when I wake up in the morning. Come on. Do you think that anybody that preaches or whatever and just say these guys or whoever these guys are, your greatest preacher, that, that they wake up every day and feel saved? Or that they never have any challenges or tests or trials just like you? Come on, everybody around, me included, everybody around, we're all in this earth. Come on. And there's somebody coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And we got money problems, and we got family problems, and we got stuff we're believing for, and we got health challenges just like everybody else, right? But how many know if we're going to get out of it, we're going to have to understand we're right with God. Come on, we're right with God. We're right with God. Come on, and we're going to live by faith. We're going to not walk by sight. We're going to walk by faith, not by sight. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, how many believe he's working right now in an unseen realm? Come on, the kingdom of God. Come on, how many believe the king and his kingdom's working right now? Yeah, just can't see it. So so though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right now I'm going to fear. Why? I'm righteous. I'm righteous. What happens to you ain't happened to me. I'm righteous. (laughs) Wow. So everything Jesus did in his death burial and resurrection, check it out, he credited to your account. So now you can be one with the Father, and you do realize that a Christian just simply means a little Christ. Christ-like. That now you are called to be Christ-like. Jesus Christ-like in the earth. And if he walked righteous and sin-free and shame-free and guilt-free, you have the ability to do the very same thing. So it's not a head thing. It's who you are in here. Does that mean you always do right? Of course not. Jesus was sinless. He always did what was right. He always said what was right. He always acted right. He always heard the Father perfectly and did exactly that. You're never going to do that because we're living in a fallen world. Come on, somebody. And we're just not Jesus. Aren't you glad? Come on. We're not Jesus. You're not Jesus, but you're Jesus-like. You're not God, but you're God-like. You're not God the Father, but you're God one of his sons or daughters. Come on, everybody. So his DNA is in you, and his DNA is righteous. Come on, somebody, righteous. Righteous. Uncondemned. Free from sin. Free from shame. Free from guilt. I would dare say most of us don't pray like we should pray because somehow we think We've done something wrong, and so he is mad at us. And again, the Adam and Eve syndrome works in our life, where we run from him instead of running to him. Come on, let's make up our mind that we're going to run to him and just restore ourselves. 
with his power. I love this scripture in Philippians 1. I just, just a snippet of it. Philippians 1 verse 11 says this, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. I love that. We're being filled. We are filled with the fruits of righteousness. So our life and our lifestyle, since we're filled with the fruits of righteousness, our life and our lifestyle just simply mimics who Jesus is inside us. It just mimics that I'm filled with him. I'm filled with the fruits of righteousness. So right now, right now, Every person in the room that has made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, this scripture says he's in you. You are filled with his fruit of righteousness for you to enjoy and for other people to enjoy. So it's not just for me. Since I'm right with God, I can love you with an unending love. Since I'm right with God, I can give to you if I got it on my heart to give to you and trust that it's not a loss, it's a blessing, and my father's going to get it back to me ever how he wants to get it back to me. Uh, going through life, uh, just looking to be a blessing because I'm filled with the very fruit of righteousness and right standing with God in my life. It changes me. It changes people around me where I'm not going through, through life confused and thinking, I'm going to get left out. No, 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 no. God's in me. The hope of glory is in me. He's in you. The hope of glory is in you. So everywhere you go, you're just looking to be a blessing to somebody. Come on, everybody. Amen. Now, if you don't know this scripture, these two scriptures, you got to get it. So this might be the best thing I say every Sunday or this Sunday. L look at this scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and we'll look at verse 21. This is a key scripture for you understanding and knowing your identity and who you really are, who you really are, where, where you'd go to the, you know, uh, now if you're going to go fly internationally, you got to have a passport, right? And, and you just can't, you know what I love about a passport is that you just can't show up there and say, hey, I'm going to go to uh, London. And they say, show me your passport. And you go, you don't need a passport. It's me. This is Gary. Here I am. I'm Gary. They don't care. They want to see your identity. They want to see if, if the passport that's been approved by the U.S. government matches the face. <laughs> so your identity of who you are in Christ means this isn't the old Gary. I, I, I'm, looking like, I'm looking like the new Gary. Because the new Gary is righteous. The old Gary was unrighteous. But I'm no longer the old Gary. I'm the new Gary. Come on. I, I'm the new Gary. So that's, that's me, right? That's me right there. That's me right there. So, I, you know, for, for me, I was like radical when I, got, when I was a, a teenager. When I was 20, I, I was, I, when I gave my heart back to God, I was radical. I mean, you know, uh, you know when I gave my heart to the Lord, of course, I, you know, I got, on my, I got my, my dope pipe and all my pills and all my drugs and all my liquor and all my stuff, and I, I took it and I, I, I threw it out and I took it and burned stuff, and I got on my, I got on my Led Zeppelin albums and all my REO Speedwagon albums and, and my Boston albums and my Doobie Brothers albums, and I'm not, I, I still listen to some of that stuff every now and again because I have flashbacks, and then I, but I, <laughs> truth be told, but I burned it all. I come, I did that poor gasoline, burned it all. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I, I got my yearbook, my, my high school yearbook that I was really ashamed of because people wrote stuff in there I'd never wanted to see again. So I burned my high school yearbook. I was just crazy. I was kind of like, man, I just went, I just went out to, the, Gary's, the old Gary's dead. The old Gary's dead. 
And so for me, I was just, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a black and white guy. I'm either, I'm either whatever I do, I want to go crazy forward with it. I, I, listen, I want to run, and I'm going to run. I'm going to be like that two-year-old kid on a sugar high that's around the house just going until he passes out. Come on, you ever had a kid like that? Eh, boom, and they fall out. That's me. That's what I want to do. And so, so when, it comes to, when it comes to knowing who you are, you just got to like, that is not me anymore. That is not me. So listen, this... You need to probably get your old pictures off your house. I mean, I'm just saying. If they bring back crazy memories, get rid of that stuff and put some new pictures. This is who I am now. Come on, this, this is the new me. I'm in Jesus. See that smile? I didn't have it over there. See those red eyes? They're gone now, baby. See that little grin? That ain't a little happy grin. I was high there. Look what it says here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Look at this. Come on, let's read it. One, two, three, read. Come on. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Stop right there real quick. Where have they become new? Out here? Out here? No. In here first. Everything God does is from the inside out. you got to be committed to the seed process. Last week, kingdom of God is like seed. Seed. It's going to happen in here. Something's going to happen here. I don't need to go to the club no more. When I, I don't need to go, go, go down there no more. I don't need to be hanging out with them no more. I don't need to be thinking that no more. I'm a new creation in Christ. Oh, come on. Some of y'all were dancing last night. I can tell. That's all right. That's all right. This is a judge-free zone up in here. Judge-free zone. Come on, we know you got a little, come on, we know you got band-aids on the back of your t feet right now. You dance your little feet raw. Come on. That's all right. You're in church this morning. Come on, somebody. Look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. Come on, one, two, three, read. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, my, 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 my. The Father God made Jesus to be sin for you. If he made Jesus to be sin for you, why are you going through life trying to be trying to pay for your own sin? Why are you trying? Why? What you? You can't pay for your own sin. He made God made him to be sin for you, so you could be made 100% totally free, righteous. Amen. The ability to stand in His presence without sin, shame, guilt, or inferiority. I belong here. I belong here. If Jesus is at your right hand, and the Bible says, I'm in Christ, I'm at your right hand. You made me alive, Ephesians 2. You raised me up together with him. You seated me together in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ, and I'm righteous because of Jesus. Come on, somebody, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, amen. So again, look on the screen real quick. Righteousness is based on what God has done for you, not on what you have done for God. So the kingdom of God will operate in your life to the degree that you know and you understand righteousness. The kingdom of God. This kingdom that you can't see. Now why is it so important? Uh, just let me kind of bring this ship down, if you will. Why is it so important? Because Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1 says this. The wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Come on, say this. The righteous are as bold as a lion. 
Why is it so important? Number one, because I, I, I can commune with God. I, I have a relationship with God. I'm right with God, so I can have a relationship with him. But, but listen, this scripture tells me that the wicked are going to flee when no man's pursuing. But, but the righteous, if you're right with God, you have the access. You, you, you know you can be bold. You, you, you have confidence. I love Psalm 53. Psalm 53 says this. They were in great fear when there was no fear. They were in great fear when there was no fear. It's almost like the devil's just playing mind games with us and tricks with us. And, and, and I can't be this. And the enemy says this. And, and, and we start hearing a voice. And, and we, start, we start acting and reacting and crazy. And, and all the while, God just is trying to get us to understand, no, no, you're right with me. You're right with me. You don't have to run. Don't let the enemy chase you out, out of this position of peace or, or love or confidence or, or you know, the, the, the words and the condemning thoughts of the enemy trying to play in your mind. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to run. I'm, I'm going to stand here right now because you made me righteous. And my emotions make me want to hide and, 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 and run away from you and, and, and never get into a small group because some people hurt me before and, and and I, I don't know if I could be open in a group before. And Brittany's talking about small groups. And is anybody going to look at me if I'm going to go hang out and talk to somebody? Listen, we want you in a small group because in a small group, you're going to find freedom. You're going to find freedom. You're going to, in a small group, I get around talking to some people. And, they, and like in our small group, we've got a young adult small group, Sunday nights at our house. And I get talking, I go, man, you, you're dealing with that? <laughs> I, I dealt with that. There, listen, no one goes through this life experience without having commonality with one another. we got a common enemy. But what we find in a small group is we find that I don't have to run any longer. I can put on the armor of God and I can stand against the attack of the enemy and I can understand my righteousness and directly connected that I can have boldness and I can have access and I can, I can do all the will of God. Amen, everybody? Amen. Come on, it'd be a good time just to praise God right there. It'd be a good time right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love this, man, that knowing, knowing you are righteous gives you boldness and confidence and assurance. Knowing you are. Peter says this. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because you've got an adversary, the devil. He walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, he says, steadfast in the faith. Again, we read a moment ago from Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. The gospel is the power of God and salvation. Everyone who believes, the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And Peter says, we're going to resist the devil in faith. Resist him in faith. If I'm going to resist him in faith, that means I've got to know I'm righteous. I know I'm righteous, or else my resisting would be limited. Devil comes again. You know, yeah, you're right. I did that last night, last week. You're right. I didn't pray like I should. You're right. I should get involved in a small group. You're right. Pastor Gary talks about giving. I know I've been blessed. I know I got, I know I should. And I should tithe. And I should be generous. I, and I know. And, and we go through life just backing up. Listen to me. I'm tired of backing up. I hope you are too. I'm just tired of drawing a line. This is it. And then you just next week, this is it. And this is it. Come on. Anybody beside me ever been there? Come on. 
Come on, any true people up here in church on a Sunday morning? Yeah. I'm, okay. Well, yeah, I'm done with that. Right, right. I'm going to change. And we try to do stuff in our flesh, in our emotions, in our name. When everything God says you're going to do is going to happen in an unseen realm, the kingdom of God. Unseen realm. So Paul, let me finish it right here. Paul says this. We'll just jump in the middle of one scripture. So many more. Apostle Paul says this in Romans 5, 17. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness are going to reign in life. Anybody want to do that? Want to reign in life? Through the one, Jesus Christ, he says. Going to reign in life. If we understand these two things, these two elements. Listen, two elements this morning. Grace God's willingness to use his power and ability on our behalf even though we don't deserve it. Unlimited, come on, uh, unlimited resources for, for us. We understand unmerited favor. We understand undeserved favor. Grace. But I got to understand righteousness. I got to understand that I can have confidence and I can approach God and be in his presence without the sense of sin, shame, guilt, or, or inferiority. So reigning in life, listen, are, are you? Are you reigning in life? Are you just kind of bumping along, kind of going through the motions? I know we all have seasons, and I, I'm not talking about, I'm not even talking about your circumstances, because I think that's what we do. We look at our circumstances, and we go, I'm raining. Got some money in the bank. Me and, me and my wife or girlfriend, we're not fighting too much. Uh, car's kind of working. Kids are okay. Kids are okay. I, I, I'm raining. But then all of a sudden, if it turns, which it will, which it will, because it's called life, challenge, test, oh, I'm not raining. So you're basing, you're reigning on what you see and what you feel. Instead of basing our reigning on the one who lives and never dies and has reign. Come on, somebody. And is for you. Was Jesus reigning on the cross or was he defeated? So reigning in life. Let me just give you a couple thoughts in closing. It means you walk in your God-given authority. Reigning in life means you walk in your God-given authority. God gave me righteousness. I, I, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in this authority of who I am as a God-man, a God-woman on the earth. As a single adult, I'm going to walk in my, my I'm going to reign in life in, in sexual purity. Uh, as a married couple, I'm going to reign in life in sexual purity. I'm going I'm to reign in life connected with me and my wife. We'll just keep a husband. We're just going to keep growing. I'm going to reign in life in business. I'm going to reign in life with the grace, talent, and ability God's got in my life. I'm going to reign. I'm going to reign. And I'm, I'm going to know my authority, who I am, and, and that the devil doesn't have to run rampant in my family and my life. doesn't mean no test challenges or difficulties. doesn't mean you don't ever get an evil report. But when I get an evil report, I know what to do. I'm going to spread it out before the Lord like Hezekiah. I'm going to say, God, this is what they say, but God, this is what your word says, and every promise is coming to pass. Come on, somebody. Reigning in life, number two, means the ability to dominate your flesh, feelings, and past mistakes. It's the ability to dominate your flesh, feelings, and past mistakes. And can I tell you, some of your, some of your past feelings, uh, you know, flesh, feelings, mistakes are connected with people. And so if you're running around with people that are constantly bringing you down and bringing you into memories of the past, maybe you need to stop that. If they're not open to you with the gospel and Jesus and coming to church and, and knowing who Jesus is, maybe it's time to cut the cord. 
For me, I, I know me again, black and white guy, and I knew me and my deal and growing up in Tennessee where I was and all my junior high years and, and my high school years and then my two years of college, all my boys were with those dudes for, the, for you know six, seven, eight, nine years. <laughs> and I knew if I didn't stop it, I would get right back in. And so I, I'm just telling you what I had to do. I had to, I had to stop those guys and I had to stop being around there, stop clubbing and, and I no, no social drinking. For, I just stopped drinking. Last drink, 1980. Haven't smet, you know, smelled the, uh, uh, the, 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 the stinking cork of a, of a wine bottle since 1980. Because I knew me. I knew me. I knew me. If I open the door, I'm going again. I know me. I got an addictive personality. I do. I, I know me. So I, I got to say no. And if you're down, cool. But I'm just saying, God might be asking you just to cut some stuff out. Cut Netflix out. Because Netflix is driving you down. And you, and you just binge watch. And then you call and I can't come to work this morning because I watched 17 episodes of Friends. Dominate your flesh. Come on, look at your neighbors. That's a word for you. Dominate your flesh. Dominate your flesh. I'm telling you. I'm telling. Listen to me. I started walk, watching Wicked Tuna again. I've seen Wicked Tuna. Come on, you ever see that? They catch tuna. Okay. Anyway, oh, there we go. I'm confessing my sin. Reigning in life. Lastly, just stops the lies, the accusations, and the tactics of the devil. Just reigning in life. I'm going to reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Because stop the lies. I'm not going to listen to the lies anymore. It's not who I am. I might have done it, but that's not who I am. I'm a new creature in Christ. I confess my sin to you. Come on. 1 John 1 9. Come on. 1 John 1 9. If I confess my sin to you, you're, you're righteous, you're just, you're going to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Put me back in right standing with you like I never sinned. What a mighty God. Come on, somebody. What a mighty God. Come on, give him some praise this morning. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bow your head. Would you do that all over the room? Just give God the opportunity to, just in the next couple seconds, talk to us. Come on, where do you need the kingdom of God invading your life in righteousness? In righteousness. Sin, shame, guilt, inferiority, not feeling good about yourself. Come on, today, right there in your heart, just write that letter. This is what I did, but that's not who I am. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. I'm involved in this right now, and I need you to help me get out because I know it doesn't please you. Father, forgive me. Come on, write the letter on your heart. Write it on your heart and confess it to him. I've been thinking this. I've been doing this. I know I'm, I'm spending so much, too much time over here. I know I got some crazy friends, and I'm, I'm, I'm liking the crazy, and I know you don't like the crazy. So, Father, I'm going to make a change. The kingdom of God's righteousness. And I know it's hurting me. It's pressing me. It's pressing me. I'm one spirit with you. So I hear you. I, I understand you more and more. From faith to faith. I'm I want to grow. I want to grow. I want that seed of the word of God to keep growing in me more and more. Help me, help me, help me. And he's right there today. Come on, he's right there. He sees, he knows. You're open, you're ready. He is too. So Father God, today, come into every heart, come into every life. Restore, remake, renew, and revive, oh God. 
the call of God, the will of God, the plan of God for every single person. No matter what they've done or what they're involved in right now, God, you're making a way for them to get out. Chain cells being unleashed and open. Bars being broken. Where the light of your love and your power is flowing into every single heart today. It's a new day, Father. It's a new season. It's a new time. The kingdom of God is righteousness. We're going to walk in it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to think different. We're going to act different because your kingdom realm is in us. The person, God, the king of the kingdom lives in us by the person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you this morning. Come on, just a few more seconds with your head bowed, your eyes closed. You're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We're so glad that you're here. So glad you've been with us this morning. That Maybe you came by with a friend or maybe you just found us online and you came to church. We're thrilled that you're here. We're glad that you enjoyed the worship and hopefully the word of God today just kind of